0: Welcome back to episode 108 of the On The Table Gaming Podcast, and today we're talking about getting back to the table in 2021 with Carlo from A Song of Ice and Fire Stats. Now I'm joined by my co-host Simon, and Carlo, thank you so much for coming on. Hi Chase, hi Simon,
1: thanks for inviting me. It's really great to be back on, and uh, great to have another opportunity to talk talk to you guys about song and getting back to the game in general, because I feel like Really starting to, at least in my area, get over that hump and just starting to get back to play. Super exciting time.
0: So the last we talked to you was in the pre-COVID times, way back in episode 60. Uh, and so a lot has changed. So you know, before we get into some of the nitty gritty stuff, uh, how have you been? Um... <laughs> I won't say it's been the
1: easiest year and a half. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been, it's been a long journey. It's been a long journey for me. Uh, it's been a long journey for the project, the song, rest of Fire stats that I work on. Um, but, I'm feeling positive about the future right now um, in my local area. I'm really just looking forward to hopefully implementing a lot of the things which I've been thinking about for a long time in terms of like trying to rebuild a community, rebuild those connections and just getting back to play, really.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, here's the real question that of the show how do you manage to find the time to all this now for people who don't know Carlo is five hours ahead of us. So right now you are in, you're like past midnight, I think now, uh, coming yeah. on here to talk to us. So, you know, how do you do it all? Um, well, I mean, I, um, I have to ask myself that question quite
1: a lot <laughs> and, uh, it, it, it does involve a lot of late nights. Uh, I, uh, I code until the early hours in the morning quite regularly. It becomes uh, a large part of what I do. Um, Effectively, during the start of COVID, I, you know, I found myself with a lot of time um, to really dedicate myself to the project during lockdown, and, um, and and now I just find it hard to give it up, and so it's really a case of like just trying to squeeze out every hour that I can. Interestingly, like the thing that I gave up most during that time was playing. You know, I wasn't able to get out and play. And so I still wanted to interact with the game a huge amount. I still wanted to be really, really involved. I watched a lot of games. I helped run tournaments and things like that. And that kept me very, very involved. And now there's a big clash between I only have a certain amount of hobby time in total and um, I really still want to work on the projects, work on the coding, but I also want to get back and play now because that is an option. And that's uh, that, that's the real balancing act that I'm kind of coming to at the moment because obviously there's still other things in my life that uh, just, I just can't completely ignore. But uh, I'm generally... Busy, busy guy. That's kind of the way things go.
0: Yeah, that definitely resonates.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, can, we can see that from your prestigious output from the from the Song of Ice and Fire stats site. You know, I think for me, it's kind of um, careful what you wish for, because it's been all this time where you think to yourself, oh, I can't wait to play again and do this and do that. And you have these high aspirations. And then it becomes real and you think, oh, wow, I've got to actually find the time to do this as well as everything else I've been procrastinating on. So um, I think for me, it's an exciting time. Obviously the game's changed, which is, for me, it's great because I'd forgotten a bunch of it and I, I'm not, I'm not the <laughs> best person to be connected with, with the actual gameplay. I play in a small group casually. So for me, this is, you know, it's a great thing. But one question I've got for you, Carlo, is when you look at the game all different factions, which faction do you think represents Carlo the best?
1: Well, I've never hidden the fact that uh, I can uh, I can see that Chase has a has a favorite but, but, but
0: unfortunately
1: unfortunately to say I've never hidden the fact that um I am a Lannister through and through and and I feel like it's almost it's almost you know a bad word to say that but uh a Lannisters all there all their positive traits, but also all their flaws are things that just, uh, you know, their their arrogance and everything is pretty much what makes Carlo, Carlos. So, you know, um, if there was somebody I would have to say I was probably Tywin, um, you know, everybody Ooh, wants sure. to be everybody wants to be somebody slightly more popular. But, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I'm probably the 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 real hard, hard nose Tywin when it comes down
0: to it. The 2021 Tywin, you're going to be uh, just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slightly, yeah, slightly improved. Recently, <laughs> recently slightly improved Tywin. <laughs> That's awesome. This is, what's going on here? though? Simon was talking about how he's really getting into Lannister's tune out here, right? I think oh, it's a British hmm. thing. I think the
2: British people kind of feel like they're.
0: Lannister, so it's like the red. red. Is it the red? Is that what it is? Is it a fashion thing here?
2: Or... Mm, maybe personality traits as well. I don't know. But uh, it's... fair enough. Certainly <laughs> so some common themes.
0: I mean, you really got my hopes up there for a second. I thought you were going to maybe lean into free folk, but I no, digress.
1: I <laughs> I leave that entirely to Mickey. Uh, there we go. Who, those who know, uh, know uh, the channel and what we do, you know, know that I'm always on with Mickey. But um, yeah, M- Mickey's the f- free folk, wildling at heart. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, straight and narrow, follow the plan.
0: At least you got like, uh, you know, you're throwing yourself good people. That's, that's what counts. That's right. And so, you know, that being said, talking about uh, getting back to play and things like, so have you managed to get back to the tabletop? You know, what have your games been looking like? So um,
1: in the UK, you know, things are getting... Well, okay, the, the restrictions are being lifted. Let's, right. let's put it that way. Things aren't necessarily getting better. Though we, are, uh, we are very quite far along with, uh, with our um, vaccination program. So, like, things are looking okay in the UK. Um, confident enough for, for myself to get back out and play. Stores opened up. So roughly around the time that 2021 um, digital release... Uh, came about so maybe in the past uh two months or so i managed to get down to a gaming club now and again and play some games just with uh just with some friends um that's been um really really great just like really great to put models back on the table and um and my big thing in it for 2021 is uh to always be playing with entirely painted armies that that's been my big uh my big big push so that really helps to drive me forward in terms of like, if I want to field something new, I have to paint it. And that's uh, and that, that kind of mentality helps me to really finish my armies off. And uh, that was the early steps. I don't get in anywhere near as many games as I'd like to because between us, it's still very busy um, and everybody's, you know, trying to make that space for those gaming nights again we're trying to rebuild that 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 time that weekly connection when we'll continuously play but I have also managed to make it uh, to a tournament um, a, a, a small 10 player event uh, I travelled all the way to Scotland for it um, really great event from players that have been to events that we've run in the past and it was really brilliant to be able to go up there and play um, quite a few games in the day just meet some people and uh, play some games It's been um, it's been really enjoyable to just play on the table again, and particularly to not just play the game because you know I've played TTS during COVID. I've played uh, I played on the computer, and that is to me completely playing the game but it's not the hobby. It's not It's not the right. full hobby to me. And that's why I was so adamant with myself that I would be playing fully painted armies, that I would really enjoy the process of putting an army on the table and feeling like just placing an army on the table isn't an accomplishment because of how much work's gone into the army itself.
0: Not everyone has the opportunity to paint all their miniatures, but it does feel really good to look down and like just see it all out there, right? Like everything
1: painted in a raid in front of you. Absolutely. And um and i think that that's the thing that for me was really lacking during covid the just the connection of the hobby as a whole um the the in-person connections of playing a game with somebody meeting up spending time together um like i say i really felt that tactically i could still play the game the act of playing the game was not lost but the whole war games hobby wasn't there for me it didn't feel the same and that that's the bit that i'm just like really really pleased to start getting back to and it's still a slow process things are still slowly opening up still like i say really trying to re-establish community trying to re-establish everybody enjoying like the gaming experience together knowing that we'll all be there on a particular night and you'll always get a game is a really really important part of what makes a community more than just um a set of people playing a game
2: yeah I think rallying under a common banner and, you know, being part of some things, having a shared interest is great, but it's no replacement for actually meeting the people who you share that passion with, to be able to talk to them, to share. Those kind of relationships permeate through everything we've done just on the Facebook group in terms of community building. And I'm sure on the Song of Ice and Fire stats as well on Discord, everywhere that once you've actually made that connection, it's so much easier to have conversations and meet new people as well. Um, So. Were you victorious north of the wall? What happened? What was the result in Scotland?
1: Um yeah, I did I did manage to take the crown when uh, I went up to um when I went up to Scotland. Um yeah, I took my Lannisters and did uh pretty well. It um it was I'm a I'm a very competitive player. And I say that, you know, I, I say that without a lot of the negatives that People put onto that. I just Mm -hmm. like to compete. I I want the game to be as fair as possible. uh, for us to both have like a really good chance of winning. And for me at the end of it to feel like I won because I made like really good decisions.
2: That that's a key point. With, with, With with people in competitive, it's very easy to picture that as being, I want to win at all costs. And that's not what it's about. You want to beat excellent people through the decisions that you make where you've basically managed to mitigate the effects of randomness poor decisions just the way that your opponents reacted to it and you want a positive outcome that for me is what competitive gaming is about it's not about anything else and i think that a lot of people really want that experience and to be honest i think in person that's really where you get it you get to look up and look at your opponent and see what they're doing and i'm sure people play with tabletop simulator cameras on and things like that but there's no replacement for the feelings you get you know like I've played on table tips, a tabletop simulator. I never got nervous. I was never sort of um, uh, intimidated or well, not intimidated, but you know, it's like you know, you play yeah. against someone, you don't have that rush where it's like it's oh, emotional crap. regulation. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I might win for a change. This is amazing. You know? so, <laughs> but also, I've never had that connection with fully painted armies either. That's a great <laughs> that that's a great thing to to, to try and to do. But I thought during COVID, it's like my opportunity to to come out of this, and we no one knew how long it was going to last. But with like thousands of painted minis i'm gonna have the best looking army ever i think i've actually washed some gray joy models and that's the extent of it <laughs> prior to absolutely so, uh... great
1: dreams they, they 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 die very very quickly with <laughs> don't they um but you're right i think that there is um beyond even the the bigger aspects of the hobby in the community i think there are tons of like really small nuanced things uh, about playing on the table standing across a table against your opponent there's a lot of gamesmanship there uh, particularly with Lannisters that's one of the reasons why I'm drawn to Lannisters do you know what I mean like almost or, or, almost the the fake the bait of whether or not you you've got a counterplot hmm, right. should, should I like, shall yeah, I play like yeah. this counterplot and they're like wait do you have it or do you not have <laughs> he's, he's it he's smirking like, what's he got oh, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly 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 and um and and they're the parts of the game that i that i thrive on they're the parts of the game that i really really enjoy um they're they're what draw me to the faction and they're what draw me to competitive gaming in general and as i say to me that's really about wanting to play the best players i can possibly play in is equal a you know, a setting as possible and feel that uh, when I win, it's because of my choices. And when mm. I lose, it's because of my choices. And I'm really driven by that. And I I, I try to learn whenever possible. Uh, I, I watch a lot of other people play. I, I try and learn from their mistakes, learn from my own mistakes. And to me as a competitive player, the best games are the ones which I lose because they're the ones that I learn the most. Yep. And because uh, and I have a slightly obsessive mindset, I also obsess over them for like a long time. I like, I, <laughs> I learn a lot from losses
2: because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember them for a long time. Um, so uh, So yeah, like uh, I'm, always, I'm always searching to find new players who will teach me new things about the game by playing strategies that I hadn't thought of, playing armies that I hadn't thought of. Hmm. And that's a large part of like, the the reasons why i created a song by five stats and the way it is because i want to learn from other players i want to teach myself more about the game and that mindset does generally do me very very well i have yeah. i i have you know a a good tournament track record and i personally want to believe that it's not because i you know make things difficult for my opponent in any way i don't go out there to win i never want to feel like i won because i cheated my opponent out of anything i don't even right, it's
0: now winning win. then right just, exactly
1: that yeah. that's that's not winning that's just cheating yourself i i want i want everything to be fair and decided on the table, and and that that that's what makes me feel best, and that's uh and that's what I'm searching for. Whenever I go to these events, I'm not looking to win, I'm looking to uh, play my best games and find people to really challenge me. And yep. that definitely happened up in Scotland, so it was really great. And I've got and looking to go to an event all across the country. I travel quite a lot to play, so. Uh, Yeah. I love it.
0: And and just kind of speaking to kind of trying to find these events as well, but you're also assembling a major event, right? You're talking about trying to find other top players to play with. Talk to us about this grand tournament. Now I do have to admit um, my, uh, you know, it's embarrassing hearing with Simon and Carla, but my, uh, my geography is not super great. It's in Edmonton. Uh, So where, where exactly is it? it, And like, maybe walk us through the the event date and like where it is and give us some of the information about this tournament. (laughs) Yeah, so,
1: uh, so it's the London Grand Tournament um, or, it's, you know, it, it's part of uh, the London Grand Tournament. It is, is itself uh, a much bigger wargaming event. Um, you know, it's, it's, of course, in the UK. It's not quite the same in the US, but it is still the same. In the UK, wargaming is dominated by Games of Workshop, un- unfortunately. Um, so it is by large majority a 40K tournament, but there are many, many, many systems being played at the event, one of and one of the biggest ones there actually, in thanks to the success that we've had in the UK in promoting it and uh, really trying to bring the community together, keep it alive during COVID. Yep. One of the biggest events there is a Song Ice and Fire. So, um, what's the date for the grand tournament? So, the grand tournament will be um, on the twenty fourth to the twenty sixth of September. It's a Friday through to a Sunday event right across the weekend. Originally, um, so uh, Chris Eustace. Um, known online through Discords, as sometimes known as Leak Teddy, you might recognize that name. he was originally contacted by the people who run uh lgt as whether or not he would be interested in putting on and a song of ice and fire tournament this was way back in 2019 Mm -hmm. the tournament was initially supposed to run in 2020. this tournament has been a year (laughs) and a half in the planning actually building suspense it's you know it's uh... yeah exactly exactly for there have been many times when we thought that this just wasn't going to come together it wasn't going to happen um but we are very very confident now with, with the UK's kind of schedule for coming out of uh COVID restrictions, that things will go ahead swimmingly from here on out. But the London GT, um, Edmington, as you actually say, uh, is just <laughs> is just, uh, you know, a region just outside of London. But uh, to everybody in the UK, everybody who'd be thinking of traveling, it is London um, to all intents and purposes, which, as as I'm sure everybody knows, is just the center of everything that happens in the UK. Unfortunately, there is almost nothing other than London. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a massive, massive event. Um, it'll be happening from a friday through to a sunday and it's a whole set of tournament systems but as much a gathering community um kind of convention feel to it as possible a lot of socializing going on and we're running a 64 player a song of ice and fire tournament across the saturday and the sunday which will give us six games which gives us plenty of time to allow for everything else of meeting the community, really helping to strengthen those bonds, hopefully between the various areas in the country. And uh, it's looking like it's going to be a really, really well attended and great event for everybody. We've been really pleased at how uh, the take up spin and, um, and yeah, we're,
0: we're really, really happy. Well, given that you guys are getting things back on track and on the table, this sounds like something we could do. Uh, we could help with prize support. So let's, let's talk after this episode about that. Um, That'd be amazing. If there are people, so I know this is being a well-attended event. Is there any hope for people? If if they were sleeping on this, is there a waiting list? Like, can people still get in? And, uh, you know, what might that look like?
1: Absolutely. Um, So... We had to cap the event in the end at 64 um, just because, you know, we have to compete with space uh, with uh, a lot of other game systems. Um, I believe the last time I checked, I think we're at about 62 of 64 tickets sold. So if you're really fast, you might be able to get in there
0: and purchase those last tickets. So pause right now, the podcast, get on the computer, do it. We'll be here when you come back. Sorry, go continue on. We'll,
1: I'll provide Chase with uh, <laughs> links to what that is. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we'll be able to let people know where to get that. Um, I don't know them off the top of my head. <laughs>
0: oh, so you're saying I <laughs> should have said pause after you said that we'll give you the links to the whoops. Okay, sorry. We'll, we'll keep going here. Uh. Um,
1: so, um, but definitely there is also um, a very active Discord, which is also trying to help promote any events going on in the UK related to it also, you know, lots of lots of smaller stores. We want We want this to be very um like community centric um helping to promote other tournaments in the build up and after it so there's an active discord and if you wanted to get on there there is going to be um, a waiting list scheme that players can um, sign up to and if there are players who have to drop out if there are players that need to move on their ticket then we will be able to move down that waiting list so if you're now just finding out about this then definitely still try get involved um and on top of that we are soon to announce a a small more casual event on the friday night in the build up to the event so even if you couldn't make it for the full thing then if you get in early you'll be able to grab yourself one of those friday night tickets if that's um
0: what you're interested in
2: that's fantastic that sounds great awesome um one thing which we haven't um discussed really is the song of ice and fire stats and i know that signing up for these types of events is one of the functional one of some of the functionality you offer from the site as well so um, People would go to the site, they'd sign up there, and basically this can be used for pretty much any competitive event. Basically, they work with you to get that event uh, sort of registered, and then people can sign up through that interface?
1: Yeah, so... A Song of Ice First Stats obviously is has been for a long time trying to collect as many submissions from across the community as possible, and one of the most common ways for players to do that is to run tournaments on the site. And while I would never describe it as a dedicated tournament site, and it's definitely not a tournament building tool, it's it's much more of a community heuristic kind of tool. One of the things which helps players to find tournaments and find a community is post. Hosting your events and having players sign up through that. So if you go to a song of ice fire stats, you will be able to find more information about the LGT and plenty of other events that happen across the world. And if you're thinking about running an event, then um, you can contact myself directly uh, for any help that you might need. Or actually, I'll probably pass you on to Mickey. He does uh, he does a lot more <laughs> of the uh, the community outreach, shall we call it? Um, but um, the site is absolutely free for any TO who wants to come along and try and uh, run their events and hopefully it can help promote get more people to see your event get more eyes onto it and also just kind of help you to run an event as as specified by Simon. you know in the way that they outline an event can and should be run is all built into the site it tries to make things as easy as possible for the tos Mm. i do you know i do have to admit like that there is a small barrier to your players they they do need there needs to be a bit of investment from the community. You need you need to try and get your community involved. And that has been one of the, the hardest sticking points that it's it's not a really, really simple tool for you to just say, OK, on the day, I'm going to put I'm going to put these results in this tournament on the site. You have to have a bit of back and forward. You have to get your players to want to use the site. And uh, I really hope that people will come to appreciate the, the things that it gives the TO, things that it gives the players. If they can put that bit of effort in, then I think hopefully I think that it will give you a lot back. Um, so that's what I really try and uh, try not to overly preach to the community. But uh, you know, that's the things that I'm trying to show people that it can do.
2: Perfect. Yeah, I think it's key. Basically, anything with statistics is, is built from data. So the more people you have, the the more different voices that you have contributing data, the more accurate things become. So um, I'm pivoting away from people using tabletop simulator, potentially as the, the way of uh, sort of gathering the information. There, what you're saying is there are a few more hurdles that people need to overcome, but once they get used to it and become a, a sort of a, uh, uh, they understand the process, it should be very straightforward for them to submit their data. And then that will help you as you go ahead and run your analysis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um- The big thing about Song of Fire Stats is is that every submission matters to to myself. And I I believe that the more people from the community that use it, the more representative of the whole community it becomes, the more representative of every style of play. If, um, you know, there is a decent amount of tournament data that gets submitted but it's in no means um a benchmark of this is what tournaments are Hmm. if you're playing on your kitchen table with uh with just a single friend then these are all completely valid submissions in my eyes my eyes no submission is not worthy of being On a song of ice and fire start and the more the community engages with it the more representative of the community as a whole it becomes i think that there are some people who feel that it doesn't represent them and what they see about the game but I I kind of, I answer back, well, if you don't use it, then no, it doesn't represent you. It doesn't represent what you see, because if you don't engage with it, if you don't become part of that community, then, um, you know, it it can't represent you. It won't represent you until you start to engage with it in that way.
2: Good point. Well made. Um, so since the 2021 update then how so obviously you've kind of had to rebuild things a little bit. There's a whole different perspective on things now. How's that gone recently? Sort of how many submissions have you have and what do you think of the growth's going to be?
1: So, um, since uh since the update to the site obviously i, I saw 20, the 2021 uh, 2021 update as a real chance to um wipe the slate clean in mm-hmm. terms of like there had been things that i'd wanted to do for quite a long time there was a lot of decisions that i made very early in the process um which i kind of regretted i regretted ever splitting out um tts results from tabletop results to me that the, there's no real difference they, they are one and the same um and so i i really took it as a chance to like wipe. The slate clean and start with a new fresh set of data, a new fresh set of profiles, all that kind of stuff. Over the past 10 weeks, we've had, um, I believe we're at 1,200 results mm-hmm. right now, uh, which is about 100, you know, greater than 100 results every week, which I, I think is a good benchmark. I would love it to be higher. Really, it's a great amount of results for us to do top level analysis on things like um, factions and the more popular commanders. But there are a lot of commanders who just really don't get, you know, they don't get picked a lot not many yep. people you know they not many people like to use really specific combinations and so there's a lot of analysis that really can't be done and the more data we get the more data we get from more different people a the stronger that becomes and b the 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 deeper we can get i, I love getting down really granular and having a really interesting look at um really specific interactions so um i think that if people can get on board and generally use it then we will um get much much further there and I want it to represent as many people in the community as possible.
2: Awesome. So one thing I did notice and do from my research is looking at the site there are mechanisms to reward people for actually picking commanders which are not as popular and basically using that to help boost their rating. So that's actually built into the the project. Which commanders do you feel are like uh, inadequately represented at the moment? Which ones are you looking for more information on?
1: Well, the the commanders that almost never see play is generally speaking, um, neutral commanders in various other factions. That that's one of the the the, the rarest uh, occurrences for most factions. Is uh, Vargo in almost anybody else, or or, or Roos Bolton inside different factions. Right. Um, the factions themselves, they all they all seem to get a lot of love. Um, but um, generally speaking, they they do find neutrals as a whole. I always joke on my own channel. That I say that neutrals aren't a faction, but that a lot of that tongue in cheek comes from the fact that. I think that they're very, very rarely played. I I think maybe off the top of my head, I would put it at about... 5%. 5% a tw- 1 in 20 games are played with neutrals. They seem mm. very unpopular and so I'd really love to boost their numbers. I'd really like to see them flesh out and become uh viable
0: like everybody else.
2: Well, hopefully I will get my hedge knight spam list to the table pretty <laughs> soon and uh I'll give you some information on that. Not sure how it will fare, however. Oh my gosh.
0: Uh so, you know so you guys do a lot of analysis as well on your own channel and you know that's one of the challenges it seems right? It's like you guys are, are putting out a message. What's like one of the what are the, some of the the best things and the worst things about running a stat site like you've got all this data what are some of the challenges that come along with that I think um I think the biggest
1: challenge which I particularly um, had underestimated is my background um, is is both in academic sciences and also it just in data analytics that's my professional world and um, I'd underappreciated just that um, a lot of people they they they're very um kind of stand off from statistics. They're they're very um, apprehensive of the way they're used. And they're not used to using statistics as a way to help inform a discussion and help form um, an idea they they use them um they're they're much more used to say the way like politicians use statistics where politicians are always just trying to use it to prove their point right they're 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 using it to win an argument whereas in 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 science in in data analytics we use statistics to help us understand things and understand ideas and and form new ideas so to me, the analysis is about looking for trends, which I hadn't previously thought of. Suddenly I see a certain commander, like their, their ranking is rising. And I look at their win rate and it just makes me think, oh, wow, I'd you know, I'd never thought maybe maybe Courtney Penrose is really good, and then that makes me go and look at him, and I look at the lists that people are winning with, and I start to form new ideas, and it makes me excited to think about the game in a different way. It gives me whole new ideas, but I'm always I'm always uh, surprised and saddened when people are using it to tell other people that they're wrong, or or tell them that um, that they're doing something wrong. I think that there are some people who see statistics, and when the site Says something different to their own personal experience, that the site is trying to deny their personal experience as being correct. When that's not true at all, it's right. helping to try and frame. The discussion and say your personal experience is quite different to everybody else's that's really interesting maybe what's different about the way you play what's different about the way people are doing things where you play because they've got some really cool different ideas that maybe other people haven't picked up on but it, it, it's hard to get that message across uh, i i and I'm not a very good communicator of it because like I say, I come from a background where this is kind of like, this is just what we do. We we all understand statistics in that way and we don't try and win arguments with them. We just use them to inform ourselves.
0: Is that, that must be so incredibly frustrating. Uh, coming from a teaching perspective, like you put something out there and then you see people just like either misusing it, you know, totally wrong. They're wearing it around on their head as a hat. You're just like... What is going on? I know you guys do. You do a weekly chat, and yet, like you know, sometimes it's just like there's an infinite abyss of information that needs to be given out there. I can see how that would be frustrating.
2: <laughs> you know, you I, say that you're, you're you're not a great communicator, but I think you've basically just distilled the issue there into just that. That that talk you gave was absolutely perfect. I think what you've said is is um, what we're definitely experiencing. I think, you know, coming out of COVID, we have to understand that, and I've spoken about mental health previously as well. That it's very Easy for people to become um, feel a little bit isolated with the way that they interact online. And I think what I've seen, not just in the group about competitive gaming, but in the other groups we run and other groups that I'm a member of, is that sometimes people's um, approach to how they communicate is is a little bit disconnected from the personal touch that we have when we were all speaking and seeing one another. So, you know, when we moderate a community like um, the uh, Song of Ice and Fire uh, group, it's we <laughs> there's more latitude given at the moment for this type of communication because we understand that it's not difficult for people to communicate clearly. You know, there are there are plenty of other content creators who put information out there as well. And what we're seeing is we're still seeing people that are very passionate about the game. It's important to understand that we all love the game a lot. We love what it offers. We love the interaction. It's the, you know, was it three, four D chess where you've got a whole bunch of things going on. And, you know, it's, it's very hard to say this part of the game is what is impacting the result because there's so many different layers there. And I think the work you're doing with stats helps us dig in a little bit as players to understand exactly what trends are going on there. And you're right, no data point is completely independent or invalid in that regard. And what we're looking to do is have discussions where there are exceptions and things that happen and then people can can basically give you the information or share the information with the community and it allows us to understand together rather than to have conflict i think if we can move to that basis i think everyone's going to be a lot happier and really that's my aim with the community is to help guide things in that direction but i think you've made a very good point carlo it's very well said
1: thank you yeah i i mean as you say we discuss these things very regularly I, i i do talk about these things quite often on my own channel but as chase you know pointed out like I have been very guilty of like al- allowing my own frustration at the problem to like sometimes leak out and that, and that, that helped that, that muddies the message and sometimes muddies the idea of what a song of Rise of Fire stats is trying to create, but it's only trying to, um, help people feel better about the game, uh, help them understand the game. And I do think personally, you know, I do think that for the fact that I will admit that it hasn't necessarily increased everybody's enjoyment of the game. It has increased some, and I do think that it has slightly, since it's become a large part of the consciousness of the way people look at the game and talk about the game, I like to think that it's increased people's um, kind of critical thinking of the game and um and 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 deep thought about ways that we can all become better as players so i i I hope and the plan is is that it will elevate everybody's play level and we can all become better players because as i say going back to that idea of being a competitive player what you want is you want a good play from yourself but you also want a good competition from your opponent you want to feel like you've really um you've done something great and not just kind of uh gotcha your opponent you don't want to feel like you've trapped them and so if everybody's just uh more aware and more involved then i think that that brings everybody up and that's what i'm trying to do sometimes it doesn't work you know for some people it's not quite right but that's that's the ethos and that's what i try to implement
2: so um just as we lead out now we just want to talk a little bit as to what you've got planned for the future for the stat site are you looking obviously you're looking to continue to support song but um have you ever considered maybe using this for any other game systems you've got a lot of different sort of technology in place how do you feel that could help other people in the gaming space?
1: So the, the way that the site and its statistics are built are actually, um, I built it very much from a perspective of it's sort of designed for the game designers more than it's designed for the community. It has a lot of that analytics built into it, and it's quite underutilized. But luckily enough, um some of the people recognise that, and I was approached in uh, in the past six months. And I have been working on other projects. They're not finalised, and I can't really not release definitely. them yet, and I can't actually particularly talk about them much. But I have been working more closely with some game developers in terms of implementing this in systems that they use. So you know, you may see very similar things uh, appear. I'm not working alone uh, which you know, is, is one of the reasons why I don't have as much time to dedicate to a song of Rise of Fire stats as I would like or or, or I used to have because I am torn across multiple game systems and multiple uh, projects. I don't love those games the way I love song, you know, like song is the game for me. When I do analysis on it, it's because I'm interested in, in the outcome. I'm interested in, you know, like I, I want to know. I want to know more about this game. When I do it for other games, it, it, it's going through the motions. It's like uh, yeah. I was interested <laughs> in that for song so you'll probably be interested in it for this game but I don't you know it doesn't feel the same it's not the same thing for me A Song of West and Fire Stats is such a passion project for me that I just can't give it up despite the fact that I'm drawn into I'm pulled in so many directions for my time but um, for that reason you know A Song of West and Fire Stats will just go in whatever direction interests me in whatever direction like the community asks me to take it in if they're interested in stuff they can always contact me there is a long waiting list of things that I'm interested in <laughs> and adding uh not even all the functionality that the site used to have before the 2021 update is back yet uh, once those things are implemented then we can move on to just exploring new and interesting ideas but you know like i say um song is just passion and if you bring your passion to me then hopefully i'll try and uh, i'll try and help you back i'll try and turn your passion into something that you can look at
0: fantastic And i mean it's an amazing game and if people are listening chances are they probably think it's an amazing game as well so you got some really cool things coming up then if you want to tune in and find out on a more regular basis about those things or maybe waiting for those announcements where maybe on social media or youtube should we be finding you so I, um, I, I, lurk in the back
1: corners of the internet. Generally I'm much more of a lurker <laughs> than a participator. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not great at posting and I'm not great at participating. So if you see any posts by Mickey Arnold, <laughs> otherwise known on discord as Masserath, then that is pretty much, um, the, uh, the, the public face of a song of ice and fire stats. Um, if you check in at a song of ice and fire stats, like on a weekly basis, hopefully new things will be getting switched on, but we discuss everything that we do. Um, on the Song of Rice and Fire Stats YouTube channel, where we have Tawny Ground every week. That happens at seven o'clock GMT on a Monday night. um It's a live show. We talk for way too long. <laughs> uh, it's normally, it's supposed to be a one hour show, but every week it's about two hours. um We we generally sit and we talk about things about the game. We talk about tournaments that have been running. And sometimes we even have uh, the odd guest on. But uh, as you'll notice on this podcast, uh, I already talk enough for three people. So uh, to allow 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 an extra voice on there uh even takes the takes us away over time so yeah if 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 you're interested in that kind of stuff then we 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 generally just try and put out content because we we love the game and uh there's plenty of places
0: to find it sounds good all right well thank you so much for coming on and to everybody listening and to carlo especially i hope you get your miniatures on the table